Well, good morning, everyone. Hey, my name's Dwayne. I'm one of the pastors here. It's so good to see you today. And uh, I want to encourage you to look into your program and pull your outline out and follow along and take some notes. Those folks in that video, they asked some pretty good questions. They were pretty tough. I mean, how about you? Do you ever wrestle with wanting to be more grateful, wanting to be more positive, wanting to be more uh, uplifting? I mean, I feel like I'm a fairly grateful person, but I, I often wish I was more grateful. Uh, a lot of things just in life kind of have a way of beating you down and beating the gratitude out of you. And they ask some great questions. How can I honor God more consistently? What does a life of gratitude look like? How can I be grateful when things are falling apart? And how can I give thanks more than complain? I catch myself complaining uh, a little more frequently lately. Anybody else here struggle with that? And you know, I I've shared this before. One of my weaknesses is traffic. I don't know what it is about traffic, but it just tests my patience. Uh, that's just my weakness. I don't know what your weakness is. Maybe it's something else, standing in line, whatever. But I find myself complaining about the traffic. It seems like people are just getting crazier and crazier driving around Fremont in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, I was kind of humbled because a couple of weeks ago, this friend of mine that used to go to church here, him and his family, Kishore, they moved back to India and they've been back there about a year, and he called me up, and we were talking, and asked him how his family was doing, and he said, oh, you know, it's good to be back around their family and friends, but they sure miss Fremont. He said, man, when you go on the road in India, you're just taking your life in your hands, he told me. He said, I wish I was back in Fremont where all those drivers were obeying the rules. <laughs> wow, put it in perspective, right? I better, better stop complaining, <laughs> you know? Now, I just want to be honest, I struggle with some of these things sometimes, and I don't have all the answers, but I know somebody who does. Our Heavenly Father, He's given us a book, a place to start, look for wisdom, and the first thing I want you to write down is ask God for wisdom, ask God for wisdom and a heart of flesh, a living heart. I know it sounds a little weird, but it'll make sense in a few minutes. Ask God for wisdom. The James, he tells us, if any of you lacks wisdom... If you don't know how to be more grateful, if you don't know how to show gratitude, ask God. He wants you to be grateful. He wants you to live a life of thanksgiving. Ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Just pray and ask God to change your heart. Say, God, please teach me how to be more grateful and more appreciative of all that I have. Teach me to be content with what I have and not to look at all the things around me that I don't have. You know, we live in a world that wants to stimulate this desire for more. That's the whole marketing system is based on it. So what you have is never good enough. But we need to stop and be grateful for all that we have. And do you know God's plan all along was to give you a, a softer heart, to take your heart of stone and change it into a, a heart of flesh, to replace that hardness that gets in us that life kind of brings? It reminds me of this guy, Tom. Somebody gave Tom this beautiful parrot for his birthday. And it, Tom just fell in love with this parrot, and he bought all the best parrot toys, all the best parrot food. He just loved this bird. But this bird had a hard heart. This bird was a, just a cranky bird, never had anything nice to say. In fact, oftentimes he would he'd curse, and he was just rude and obnoxious. And Tom tried everything he could do to make this parrot more soft, to change this parrot's heart. He used kind words. He played nice music. He took the parakeet on vacations. He did everything he could. But this parrot just always, never was appreciative, was always hard-hearted. And one day, Tom just snapped. 
And he grabbed the parrot around the neck and he threw it in the freezer, slammed the door. And man, that parrot made so much. You had never heard such a racket in that freezer. It went on for a couple minutes and then it got really quiet. And after a couple minutes more, Tom got really nervous. He's worried, maybe I overdid it. Maybe I've hurt that poor bird. And he yanked the freezer open and that parrot came out and wrapped his wings around Tom. And he said, Tom, I believe I may have offended you with my rude language and actions. I'm sincerely remorseful for my inappropriate transgressions, and I fully intend to do everything I can to correct my rude and unforgivable behavior. Tom was just shocked after months of this rude bird, and he was going to ask him what happened, but before he could, the parrot said, may I ask what the turkey named Butterball did? <laughs> little Thanksgiving joke for you. <laughs> you know... He couldn't change that bird's heart. He tried everything. And sometimes as much as you want to change your heart, you know, you can't do it on your own. You need help. You know what God said back in the Old Testament in Ezekiel? He tells us this. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. God wants to give you a soft heart, a heart that's alive. He wants to, you know, the Bible says we're spiritually dead because of our sins. And when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, he makes us alive. And his spirit comes in us and begins to work in us. And we can't fix ourselves, but we can cooperate with God's work in us. We need God's help. So ask him for wisdom and ask him to give you a more grateful heart. Back in the 80s, there were, there were a few uh, really great uh, Christian bands. I mean, just like rocking Christian bands. There was one band named Petra. And uh, that's goes going way back, early 80s, okay? And uh, man, they sang this song, one, they, they had this ballad, and one of the lines in this song was, I have a thankful heart that you have given me. No, that song always stuck with me. Check it out on YouTube. They, they still play it on there. You can find it. But man, that was a great, great song. Great heart. Asking God and thanking Him for giving you a grateful heart. And so God has to work in us to give us a softer heart, a more grateful heart, but there's some things he wants us to do to cooperate with him. And so we need to develop some thanksgiving habits. And the first thing you need to do is practice daily thanksgiving and praise. Practice daily thanksgiving and praise. Now, it sounds really simple, uh, but it's not easy to do. And I don't know about you, but a lot of times when I pray, I find that most of my prayer time, I'm praying for things. Not just for me, but I'm praying for a lot of you. I mean, I hear all kinds of people going through all kinds of surgeries and losses and needing a job, needing help with their kids. I pray for my family. My family needs a lot of prayer. You know, just praying for, I think, asking God for all these things. But I, I, if I really check myself, I find I'm not spending a lot of time thanking God. Don't spend enough time thanking God. And it reminds me of this story. When I grew up in church, I went to Sunday school and worship service every week. And then we came back at night for what they called church training union. That was another hour class and another worship service as a little kid sitting there with my parents. I had at least four hours of church every Sunday. Doesn't that make you thankful you only have to come for an hour? <laughs> I, was in, I was in Sunday school and every year we had this story about the ten lepers. You remember that story? And you know to have leprosy was a terrible thing back in those days. If you had leprosy it was very contagious so you had to immediately, they had to isolate you from the community, from your family. You had to live outside the city. This disease was terrible. It would deform your body. You looked awful. You, 
You couldn't be with the people you loved, and you were isolated. And so every leper, they, des- they yearned for this one thing would be to be healed. And Jesus was traveling between towns, and, and these lepers saw him from far off, and they said, Master, have mercy on us. Please heal us, these ten lepers. And Jesus said, okay, go on your way to the priest. They had to go show themselves to the priest. He was the one who would give them the clean bill of health to let everybody know that, that it was okay for them to be back in society. And as they went, they started back to the priest in faith. As they went, the Bible says Jesus healed them. And then it says this. So imagine, they're going back to the temple. All ten of them get healed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself down at Jesus' feet and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked. Now, I wish I could hear the tone. I, I, I think there must have been quite a mix of emotions. I wish I could hear the tone. I think Jesus must have said, whoa, whoa hey, we're, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? But I imagine there was probably a little anger and frustration mixed in there too. We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Where, where are they? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And Jesus was disappointed. And, you know, we're made in God's image. And I think a lot of things we feel and, and experience, we, it's, it's because we're like, we're, we're like God. We're not God, but we're like God. And I know that feeling. Because, you know, a lot of times I, I like to take my family out to dinner. And, you know, you buy them a dinner. It's expensive. I have teenagers. They eat a lot. And you buy dinner. And, uh, you know, you don't expect them to pay for anything or do anything to earn their dinner. But I'm telling you, when you get back in the car and drive home and they don't say thank you, man, didn't you guys eat? (laughs) Didn't anybody come back to give me thanks? (laughs) And I already told you about how much I love to drive around here. And uh, I drive my kids all over town because they haven't got their driver's license yet. I wish they'd get their driver's license. I drive them around town in this traffic that you know I love and... Man, not only do I not get to thank sometimes, but sometimes I get to, they got to wait on me five or ten minutes till I'm ready to leave the office or where. Man, are you kidding me? Nobody can relate to that? Okay, <laughs> just me. I got issue. All right, this is my therapy session right here, free therapy. All right. So, I mean, and when I was a kid, I think, oh, I would never be like these lepers. I, if God healed me, I would come back. I would never, I would always thank God for everything. But you know what? I realize I do the same thing to God that my kids do to me sometimes. I don't come back and thank God for some of the things that he, he does. And I take a lot of things for granted. And you know, the Bible tells us ingratitude is a sin, just like lying or stealing. Any other, other sins the Bible tries to warn us away from. And one of the things that God, when, when he kind of had this indictment of humanity in Romans chapter 1. One of the things God had against humans, our sinful hearts. He said, although they knew God, they knew about God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. Man, he didn't, we didn't, he said, human beings, they don't, they don't come back and give me honor and thank me for life itself, for all that I've given them. And from one end of the Bible to the other, we're commanded to be thankful, to offer praise and honor to God. Paul said this, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You circle a couple of phrases there uh, if you're taking notes, sing and make music, always giving thanks. 
And you know, praise and thanksgiving, they're not exactly the same thing, but they overlap. And a lot of our praise is we're thanking God, we're, we're acknowledging who He is, we're giving Him honor. And if you saw in the story of the lepers too, those things kind of cross the thanks and praise. And God wants us to worship Him, always giving thanks. And, uh, you know, we need to spend some time every day, not just in prayer, but I think we need to get the practice of getting some, so a little bit of Christian music into our life, a little bit of time to worship Him, giving thanks to God for all His blessings. I mean, we spend so much time listening to the news. That'll make you ungrateful and hard-hearted. Spend a lot of time listening to the news or sports, um, you know, or whatever it is, all other kinds of music. And but you need some time to come back and focus. And we have so many opportunities, so many resources that God gives us. I listed a few there on your outline, so many things we have today. You know, Air One is redone. K-Love and Air One are like sister stations. They've reformatted. I was never a huge K-Love fan. All the music, it's great music, but listen to a few songs start to sound the same. I used to like Air One, but they've kind of rebranded, and they are worship, worship music now. 87.7. Put it on your radio if you don't have some other way. You probably have cooler, more hip ways you listen to music, but I still listen to the radio sometimes. 87.7. Great worship music. They, they do a lot of songs we do here, but then I learn a lot of new songs. And I know a lot of you spend a lot of time in this traffic I've been talking about. Instead of getting mad, grinding your teeth, whenever you start getting mad at those other drivers, turn on uh, Air One. Or however you get your music, Amazon Prime, Spotify, iHeartRadio, those are the ones I've checked out. They all have great Christian worship playlists. Take advantage of that. You know, somebody asked me, somebody asked me, uh, actually a few times I've been asked this, is God a narcissist? He commands us to worship Him and give Him our love. What is it? Why is He always wanting all this from us? Do you know it's not just about God receiving our gratitude? Now, it blesses me when my kids thank me. I already told you that. It blesses God's heart. But it's also for our own good. It helps us to keep our hearts soft and attuned to God. And do you know that scientists have now proven that gratitude is good for your life? Uh, he's come out with some studies. Lance shared an article with me on, he, it's on his Facebook page. If you want to friend Lance and read this article, that's the only reason I would friend Lance. But, you know, <laughs> sorry, Lance, love you, man. <laughs> So he sent me this great article, a really good article. It says, neuroscientists have found that if you sincerely express gratitude... Now, these aren't Christians writing this. These are just scientists that study the brain. If you sincerely express gratitude, if you really mean it and you feel it, you'll be happier and healthier. And they did all kinds of studies. One study in 2015 says that, that people, they asked people to take, keep a daily journal. So they had this study group for 10 weeks. Every day you had to write some stuff down. So one-third they said write down all the good stuff, all the stuff you're thankful for today. One-third they say just at the end of the day write down whatever you remember from the day, good or bad. And the other third they said write down all the things that frustrated you and irritated you about your day. And after 10 weeks they asked each group how they felt. They did physical examinations. And the group that expressed gratitude was more optimistic and more positive about their lives than other groups. In fact... They, get, they were more physically active, and they reported fewer visits to the doctor. So then they said, well, let's study this some more. They went to the doctor less. They started doing some more tests, and people who express true gratitude, they're less stressed. Their blood pressure goes down. They have less heart problems. They're less, their bodies are less inflamed. They're less likely to get sick and have issues. They hook people's brains up to MRIs, and they found that gratitude, true, genuine gratitude, 
increases activity in those portions of the brain that lower your anxiety. When we just did a whole series about dealing with anxiety and depression. One antidote is exp expressing true gratitude. And God knew that if we would come back, He made us, He knows how our bodies work. God knew if we come back to Him and we express our gratitude and we worship Him, it not only blesses Him, but it will bless us. It'll help us. No, He's not a narcissist. He, he just wants us to acknowledge Him and keep Him in a rightful place. That's good for us and it helps us to be healthy. So here's some things these scientists said to do. Keep a daily journal of things you're grateful for. Write down at least three things. First thing in the morning or at the end of the day. Think of back over your day. See, a lot of times when we're going to bed or getting up, we're thinking of all the problems that are facing us. They said, write down things you're grateful for. They said, make it a point to tell people in your life what you appreciate about them on a daily basis. You know, uh, Pastor Paul's really good about that, stopping and thanking you for what he appreciates about you. But he said, he said, be intentional about thanking people about what you appreciate them for. And he said, when you look in the mirror, give yourself a moment to think about a quality you like about yourself. Because, you know, a lot of times I think, oh, I mean, I was thinking just tomorrow, oh, I blew it. I forgot to call so-and-so back. I let them down. Man, what's wrong with me? But they, they said, you know, focus on some of these positive things. And it re you can rewire your brain. They saw changes in the brain over time as, as these people that they studied with the MRIs. It's amazing to me. It's good for us. And God wants us to praise him and honor him and keep him in his place. And we keep God in his place. And it helps us to stay out of trouble. It helps us to obey him. It helps us to follow him. It'll be good for our lives. So I want to give you a chance just to practice for just a few moments. In your program, there's a card, a blank card in an envelope. I want to ask you to pull that out. I know some of you hadn't written a sentence by hand in years. You type everything or text. Well, I want to ask you for three minutes. you got three minutes to write a thank you paragraph, two paragraphs, whatever you want. You can write it to God. You can write it to a spouse or a friend or a family member. You can write it to someone maybe on one of our volunteers that, that serves so faithfully here has blessed you or your kids. Just take a moment. We just, we so seldom stop and sit down and write. And three minutes is going to feel like a long time. It's less than the average commercial break, really. But we just don't stop and practice giving thanks. So we're going to have some music and just all, everybody quiet for three minutes and, and spend a moment right there. If you don't finish it, you can take it with you and, and finish. Well, it's just a little taste. I, I, I want to challenge you. I, I, I feel a little actually nervous over like I should get back up. But man, just a taste. Imagine if you went home and you said from now to the end of the year, I'm just going to try this every day. At the end of the day, you don't have to write neatly, complete sentences. You're just going to have a little ratty notebook by your bed. Just write for three minutes, maybe five minutes, something you're thankful for. Write to God. Write about someone else. Make a list. You could just do an inventory. You don't have to even write complete sentences. Imagine if you did that from now to the end of the year. Or, or maybe you tried it, this 10-week experiment like these scientists did. And you started to rewire your brain. Instead of just seeing all the problems and all the things we don't have, you and I need help. And we cooperate with God, and God will honor that heart and that spirit in you, and he'll begin to change your heart. Second thing I say, if you want to live a life of thanksgiving, you need to have an attitude that you're not going to, don't hoard your blessings. Don't hoard your blessings. Don't just hold on to everything God gives you. You know, I want to share a story of some lepers from the Old Testament now. And uh, it's one of those times when Jerusalem and Israel, they had disobeyed God, and God removed his hand of protection from them. And he allowed the Arameans to come and discipline the people because they were disobeying God so badly. 
And so the Arameans, they laid siege to Jerusalem. That would be like an army come and laying siege to Washington, D.C. But this wasn't just their capital. This was like their spiritual heart of the, the, the people. And so it'd be like they're laying siege to your, your capital and your churches. And inside of the siege walls, everybody's starving. There's no more food. And in between the, the Jews and the Arameans, there's these four lepers. They can't go with, you know, they're contagious. They can't be in the city, but they're, you know, they're not Arameans. And it says, now there were these four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die, they asked each other. We will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we'll starve if we go back there. So we might as go out and, well, as go out and surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. Like, let's just get it over with, right? So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked and they ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. I mean, that's pretty amazing. God, God scared them away. Panic set in. They all fled. And when the men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine. And they, this is Thanksgiving, right? And they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. Finally, they said to each other, this is not right. This is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. Will you underline that? Star it. This is not right. This is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. They're like, God's going to punish us if we don't share this. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. Man, God miraculously spared his people. And these lepers, they, they were receiving these great blessings, and they realized they were just hoarding it all for themselves. They were looting the tents and running off and hiding it. And they realized this isn't right. We've got to share this. You know, when someone does something nice for you, usually the response is you want to do something back. You don't want to just keep it. And we have, that's why we need to be aware of everything God has done for us and not take it for, uh, just take it for granted. We need to be aware of it. We, we, we need to share it. God loved the world so much that he gave. He gave his son so that we could be free. Jesus said this in Luke 12, 48. It's not on your outline. You might want to write this out to the side. Luke 12, 48. Jesus said, when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. You know, if you really look at your life and take an inventory, most of us here today, God's given us so much. I mean, first of all, he's given us eternal life. If you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you have a relationship with God forever. And then most of us, we live in a house. It may not be our own, but most of us live in decent places. We have electricity. We have clean water out of our faucet. I mean, a lot of people in the world can't even imagine living with what you have. People die to get to places like, I mean, people die trying to cross the border to have what you have, what I have. I mean, we have so much. Most of us have too much stuff. My wife and I don't fight about money. We fight about too much stuff. And, you know, it's a huge industry, you know, the storage industries, because we don't have enough room where we live. we got to go pay somewhere to store our stuff that we're not even using. we got so much. And these lepers, they got it. 
they recognized all that God had given them. They said, this is not right. How can we keep this good news to ourselves? We need to share out of our abundance, not just materially. We need to share with people who are hungry and need clothes and need shelter, but we also need to share the good news about Jesus. It's not right to keep it to ourselves. Bible tells us we're all separated from God because of our sin. We can't change our hearts. We can't fix ourselves. But Jesus came and he sacrificed himself for us so that we could be forgiven. We don't have to carry around this weight of guilt and shame. That we can have a relationship with God. We can spend eternity forever in heaven with God. You know, I did two memorial services this last week. Man, I'm thinking about people that I don't really know, but it makes me think about my life and where am I, you know, and I think about their eternity. And maybe you're here today and you've never opened your heart to Christ. And maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe you don't understand it all, but you just want to say, God, I want to know you. Best I, best I know how, would you forgive me? I put my faith in Jesus. Would you come into my life and forgive me and give me a new heart? And some of you here, you've known Jesus for a long time and it's easy to take it for granted. But step back for a moment this week and think about what would your life be like if you didn't know Jesus? What if you weren't? Uh, in a relationship with God, what kind of mess would your life be in? Think about if you weren't a part of this church family. You didn't know people here. You didn't have this, these people that God's placed in your life to bless you, encourage you, and help you. Man, how can we keep it to ourselves? we got to share it. And so, so don't hoard it. That's the uh, third point is don't hoard it. But if you want to express your gratitude, the, it's not just a feeling, but it's actions that accompany your feelings. you got to share the good news. It's not, just holding, it's not just feeling grateful, but it's doing something about it. It influences your life. And there's, there's a lot of ways you can share. The first way I want you to write down is you can invite. You can invite somebody to come to church with you. You can just invite somebody to show up. Share the good news. Invite someone. You know, when Nathaniel met Jesus, the Jews had been waiting for a long time for the Messiah, for the Savior that God promised. I mean, how blessed are we? We know, we know about, we live on the other side of Jesus and the crucifixion. We, know, we didn't live before, we live after. We get to know about it. We get to know about God's plan. And it says when uh, Nathaniel, he met Jesus and he was convinced that he was the Messiah. He went to find his friend uh, right away uh, and he wanted to tell him the good news. I'm sorry, I'm screwing that up like I did last night. <laughs> Philip, Philip went and found Nathaniel. That's my problem. I'll get it right the third service. All right, Philip, when <laughs> Philip met Jesus, that's why we do it three times, all right? So Philip met Jesus, and he was convinced that Jesus was the Messiah, and he went and found his friend Nathaniel, and he told him all about it, and Nathaniel was very skeptical. Maybe you invite somebody who's kind of skeptical, and he said, Nazareth, you know, he said, Jesus of Nazareth, after he's the Messiah. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? And Nathaniel had this pre prejudice about where Jesus grew up. And maybe, you know, some people have prejudice about you. They, know, they knew what you were like in high school and college. They, they know where you came from. And, and you don't have a really good argument for, for it. All you can say is what Philip said to his friend. He said, come and see. Come and see what I found. Come and see the one who's changed my life. I'm a different person. Come and see. Don't keep that good news to yourself. You know, in the lobby, when you leave today... I hope you'll load up on some of those little blue business invite cards we have. They say, you're invited. Put some in your wallet or in your purse and, and invite some people. We're going into the Christmas season. People are thinking about going to church. They're thinking about Christmas. 
And man, we're going to do a fun series, but an impactful series called Manger Things. Take those cards and invite someone. Just say, come and see. Second thing you can do is serve. If you're really grateful, don't just keep it to yourself. What do you, man, God's done so much for you. He's given you so much. How can you help someone else? In Matthew 5.16, Jesus said, as he literally said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That they'll see your good deeds. I like how the message fleshes it out. Makes it a little fresh. It says, now I've, I've put you there on a hilltop on a light stand. It says, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Can you underline the phrase, be generous with your lives? Now, a lot of times, we don't like to talk about money too much because people think the church just wants your money and we don't want to scare people away. But, you know, some people would much rather give their money than give their lives. They much rather give their money than give their time. Hey, I'll give some, but don't ask me to serve anybody. I'm busy. I, I can't miss my shows. I can't miss my games. I don't know how to work my DVR. I don't know how to record programs. So I don't ask me to do anything. But God wants you to serve. It's not just giving money, but giving of yourself, giving back. Open up. Be generous with your lives. You know, we have an opportunity to partner with uh, Ec the Fremont Echo Campus, Echo Fremont Campus. You know, we're going to be joining with them eventually. And uh, we, the Candy Cane Hunt, they're going to be serving the cities, ask them to help serve. And we can go and be a part of that. You can go sign up online. I know there, I, I, I've been told the link is fixed now. So you can go and sign up for an hour block or a two-hour block. You can just serve and love on some people. My understanding is if you show up, Echo's going to give you a t-shirt as you help out. It's gonna, you'll have an Echo t-shirt. So we're kind of representing Christ. We're, we can't preach to people there at this event, but they're going to know where we're from and who we represent. And so it's be a fun way to serve people in the community. But then just take a minute and look around this room. I mean, look around. I mean, those. I, I look around this room. I, I see people that I'm so thankful for that have blessed me. They serve. Man, I, I kind of threw Lance under the bus earlier, but I want to tell you, Lance, Lance works his tail off. It's not just a job for him. He works hard to make sure that our services are connecting. He stays too long. We have to make him go home. But he serves. I'm thankful for Lance. I'm thankful for Katie working on the soundboard and our worship team who gives a lot of hours to help us, blesses me to worship with my church family. We have a sight and sound team back there in the booth. And man, I look around and I see people in this room. They've loved on my kids. They've helped partner with me and my wife to help our kids to grow up to love Jesus. Makes a difference. They're, they're sharing the good news. I, I, I love when I come to church, there's a welcome team that greets me. And they make sure it's clean and attractive and inviting. And we have a security team. And man, just look around. There's so many places you can step up and serve somebody. You can serve out in the community. You can help the hungry and homeless. But sometimes we just uh, want to hold on to all my time. It's all my time. I'm busy. Yeah, we're all busy. The funny thing is, it's kind of like how when we praise God, it blesses us too. When you serve, you start getting a blessing. God blesses you. He made you to give, just like he gives. He made you to be giving of yourself. So I want to challenge you. You know, where, where are you giving back? Where are you using this life God gave you to serve someone else? I mean, we talk about it over and over, and you probably get tired of hearing about it, but 
Man, so many of you, you're missing out on what God made you to do. Step up and serve somebody. And the third thing is you can give financially. But we want to encourage you to give out of gratefulness, not out of guilt or obligation. Giving financially is important. It doesn't sound very spiritual to say this, but ministry takes money. It took money in the Old Testament. It took money for Jesus to do his ministry. We don't often think about that. <clears throat> so I put this verse here on your outline. And this verse is not from John, it's from Luke. I don't know what I was thinking. I was trying to trick you or something, I guess. Put Luke there. But I like this passage because it says, After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. He was proclaiming that, to, pointing them back to God, that they could be forgiven, they could have a relationship with God. It says the twelve were with him. And then we don't often hear or see this little glimpse into Jesus' life. But he had other disciples, other followers, not just men. It says also some women that were traveling with them. And look at this. It says, helping to support them out of their own means. You know, I always think of the verse when Jesus said, the Son of Man doesn't have anywhere to lay his head. He didn't have his own place. But somebody had to buy him some food. He didn't just make it all the time. You know, we could do that. But they were providing for the disciples. They were providing for his needs. I'm sure sometimes they stayed in a hotel or something. And they had this money that they were using so he could share the good news. And it's one of the ways God uses when you give faithfully. You, you give out of gratitude and you put God first and you give faithfully. God takes those resources and he uses them to help us to share the good news. And that's why God, how God uses our offerings. And that's why I love the birthday present to Jesus because it's not just about, um, it's like we stop and we think, man, I, I give faithfully to God. I give great, gratefully. But man, we stop and say, what can I give to God extra this year Because to celebrate the birth of Christ and what he did for us? And we take that money and we use it to help people in need in our church. We use it to help start new churches. We use it to support missionaries who are telling people about Jesus and we're going to finish out that nursery wing. The work's going on over there. So when seekers come and they're afraid to let go of their kids and leave them in the nursery, we have a place right next door. We're going to have a family cry room. And so you give to that. You're helping to share the good news. Paul, Paul commanded us. He said, each of you should give as you have decided in your heart to give. You should not be sad when you give. And you should not give because you feel forced to give. God loves the person who gives happily. And God can give you more blessings than you need. Then you always have plenty of everything, enough to give every good work. Now, sometimes people ask me, well, how, I, I want to give. Where, where, is, where, where should I start? Well, I believe the Bible teaches tithing, giving 10% back to God off the top. If, if you're not there, then let me tell, challenge you. Just stop and pray. What has God done for you? What has he given you? Set an amount or a percent off the top that you're going to give back to God. Don't give to God out of what's left at the end of the month. Give to him first. Put God first and give. And watch how God, just kind of have a night. Watch how God uses this church to help change lives, to help save marriages, to help bless kids, to help people in need. It's amazing. But don't hoard it. Give. You've got to give back. Now, in closing, you don't want to get your theology from Oprah, but she does have some wisdom. She does, she does have some wisdom. She, she's been around and she said this, the single greatest thing you can do to change your life today would be to start being grateful for what you have right now. Man, that would change your life. Gratitude is the key to happiness, to contentment. Uh, we live in this world that always says you need more and want more and what you have is not good enough. 
But if you just be grateful for what you have, it would change your heart. It would give you a softer heart. You'd be happier and healthier. You come to church not just to be blessed and encouraged, but for it to change your lives. God wants to speak to you. And being thankful this week is not just a feeling. Go home and think about what what are you going to do? What's going to be different that's going to help you to live a thankful life? What is God asking you to give? What is he asking you to do? Who's he asking you to invite? If you're comfortable raising a hand towards God with me, Lord, I pray that you would give us a grateful heart. God, help us to truly understand how great you are, what you've done for us, and how much we really have. In Christ's name we pray, amen.